everybody. Welcome to episode 19 of Technobabble, legal in most states and provinces now. Woo! <laughs> just most. Just most. Not all of them. And that is my co-host, Rich. How's it going, buddy? Uh, pretty darn good. Glad to get this on the road. Like, we're getting some consistency. The show is not just a, a, a brief return comeback special. It is, in fact, back. Still uh, enjoying is. that. And we begin we this episode back. with uh, our first update. And that is, the uh, if you remember the last episode, we talked about plastic roads. But, uh, you know, we didn't uh, talk too much about the company is actually doing it or where they're getting the plastic from. So if you wanted to find a bit more uh, answers on that, the company is Vorkavessels. That's I like how you said that. That was, that was really good. Well, I try to that be... That sounded pretty accurate, actually. I try to be respectful. <laughs> but it's uh, if you want to type it in, it's spelled Volker Wessels. That's, uh, that's how you type it. Obviously not how you say it. And that's... Uh, I feel the, like you're still saying it as a V, almost. Like... <laughs> yeah, it's Volker Wessels. <laughs> I'm turning into Chekhov now. It's, it's Wokley of Wessels. <laughs> <laughs> so the company leading the project and uh the cool thing not only are they making roads that will last longer and also uh you know like again you can make them modular they can allow sewer sewer drainage on one side water runoff underneath and then uh, power cables and data lines and all that yeah like on phone or a phone and cable fiber optics that's really smart actually and the best part is where are they getting the plastic they're taking it from ocean waters, which are loaded with garbage continents and are loaded with those microplastics. And mm-hmm. basically... Well, they just found that big one recently, right? It had like hundreds and or like thousands of sea creatures caught in it. Just yep. some big floating piece of plastic. Like that could, that could be roads. Yep, it will be roads. And they have solar-powered boats scooping it up and chipping away okay, at it. Okay, wait, what? That's actually amazing. Yeah, so you know what? That's that would that should be part of the good news, but it isn't. It's part of the update. What's part of the good news? Well, we get we save the good news for the end. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, the good news. uh, Well, that'll be coming, but uh, I got a question, Rich. Yeah. Are you see, are you seeing red? Not right now. Should I be? You're pretty happy, right? I'm always happy. I'm a happy guy. <laughs> well, other people are happy too because after half a year of taking pre-orders, a co- the company Red says that their Hydrogen One phone is still months away from being released, but it does have a timeline that the phone is supposed to enter mass production and ship sometime during the summer. Now, you may have seen uh, Facebook posts about this. Uh, Have you heard about the Red phone? Well, uh, Red, this is the company that does the Red, um, like, professional recording video cameras that are very popular with uh, videographers and um, movie makers, directors and whatnot, right? So this is, like, their first attempt at a phone. If I'm, like, am I anywhere close to? Yeah. Uh, is it the same company? Yeah, you fucking nailed it. 
Oh, boom. Well, uh, then I am totally in on this. Um, and I think it's going to be incredible. I think I saw, um, I was, I watched a video about it. Uh, it was like the world kind of premiere of the prototypes with, uh, MKBHD off of YouTube. And it actually looked really cool. They didn't show off, of course, the camera at that point or the actual, um, any of the other bells and whistles, but just kind of like the size, the weight, the general idea of it. And it just, uh, it looked pretty cool right from there. So, and here is the, uh, well, now we've got, thanks to the verge, we now have some details. It Ooh. will run a Snapdragon 835 processor. Okay, that's pretty good. It was uh, written, though, that it would be an 835X, which uh, actually doesn't exist. So we don't know if that's a typo or if if it's some upcoming exclusive variant. Oh, but that, it, that could be. What we have been told is that it will, it will have a dual SIM slot, and it will include mm -hmm. a 4,500 milliamp hour battery, which is huge because the Note 8 for comparison, only has a 3,300 milliamp hour battery. Wow. And yeah, that I, is pretty uh, big. I've, I've, got a, uh, I've got a Pixel 2 XL, and I think mine is 3,000-ish, maybe a little over 3,000, but it's not that big. Yeah, that's mine. That's for sure. Uh, about three amp hours on my phone as well. Now yeah, it says the even my old Moto Z, too. It says the downside to this phone being released a full year after it was announced is that while the 835 is a top-of-the-line chip, it will be succeeded by the Snapdragon 845 by the time the Hydrogen One actually makes it to market. Now, it's not a huge deal, but for a phone this expensive, it's you're paying cutting-edge prices and not getting the absolute cutting-edge internals. But they have announced that the Hydrogen One will have a 5.7-inch 2560 by 1440 display USB-C and micro USD micro SD card support a headphone jack and dual front and rear cameras now the phone's highlight is its camera and screen because it's supposed to display holographic four view content which are basically 3d images that will change with your perspective I'm I'm a little judgment. Uh, like I gotta say, I'm not so sure how they're gonna pull that one off. That seems a little out there, uh, like a little too. You know, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. So <laughs> that one, I'm gonna have to wait and see. The camera is definitely gonna be like the most amazing thing ever. And I actually heard as well that the uh, headphone jack that they were putting in there, the um, what is it, the like audio chip that they were putting in is supposed to be actually like really really good so if you're playing in uh, a set of headphones you're actually going to get really good uh, audio quality coming straight out of the phone it's not a cheap audio chipset that they're putting in they're putting in like a, a better one as well because they want to make pretty much everything about it video audio everything kind of high-end as well right because you might be adding on something you might be plugging in a microphone to it as well right so yeah, and apparently the phone's cameras are supposed to record video in 2D, 3D, or 4V format, which is a uh, exclusive to this phone to begin with. That's pretty cool. And uh, it says no one has actually seen the phone's screen in action yet. Like most of the details about the Hydrogen One, there's a lot missing about what we're actually going to see when this thing ships. 
but they've uh, they've teased a pair of modular accessories that can be added including a battery pack and a cinema grade camera module which means that you will probably be recording almost feature-length movies with this thing like cinema grade like like movie quality as well as movie length by having like well, an extra I mean, battery pack you can plug into this thing well i mean technically you could do that with any phone right you just have to plug in a battery pack to it while you're recording so like that's not a big so. fuck, you know what i mean like well no because i mean the the optics are definitely going to be there it's going to be pretty incredible in that sense but i mean if you think about it like even um the pixel 2 and as well uh the iphone uh 8s i think it was or something um then one of the newer ones was were have been used in many um new music videos and short films just purely recording on those and also maybe with like say a moment lens because the moment lens is especially for the uh the pixels has been a big thing so like you can get that with a pretty much a regular phone now the only difference is with this you're going to be able to record in that full raw plus the uh the craziness of this 3d 4v which is just going to be hopefully um like industry changing it says the camera module will be capable of recording raw video in red's r3d format but it will only support recording 2d footage Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. It can record video it's... in 3D format, <laughs> you... but footage in 2D? What the fuck kind of article? So they named, they named their own format after themselves. Oh, yeah, that's... R3D. It's just red, yeah. right? Like, so yeah, it's, it's red's red, and... red format. It's red in lead speak. <laughs> uh, it says that uh, they say additional modules for improved 3D and 4V filming are planned as well. Red is also working on a hydrogen network that will collect 4V video from major studios and other content providers. So it looks like they're trying to become their own Crackle or Hulu. Have you ever uh, used a 3D phone before or record like seen home recorded 3D footage? Like just 3D, not 4V. Uh, No. Am I able to do that with my phone? Not your. There have been 3D uh, recording phones before. Um, what about uh, 3DS? Have you ever played a 3DS? Uh, like, are, are you familiar with 3D outside of the movie theater? I'm just wondering. <laughs> yes, I have a 3DS. Okay, so yeah, it's just it's it's interesting to think of like right now how we see it. It's more depth, right? With, uh, with 3D, it's almost more depth, especially with like the 3DS, right? Like, yeah, it's, it feels like it's coming out at you, but it almost feels deeper too, right? But with this 4V, they're basically saying that it's going to be standing up out of, outside of, on top of the phone. Like you could lay your phone down and it would project an image on top of it. Um, so that's just, it's mind boggling that we could be at this point if they're not just pulling our leg, <laughs> as it were. I'm pretty excited about this phone, but you also know it's going to be like $3,000. Yeah, this is going to be insane. Oh, yeah. This is going to be like one of the most expensive phones like ever. Uh, From what I... Oh, wait. If this article is to say anything, I think they've said the price point is uh, $1,200. Okay, that's not so bad. People who pre-ordered the phone... Yeah, so the pre-orders were $1,200. Who knows what it'll be when it's fully released. Mm, okay 
Yeah, it'll probably be a lot more than that, I would say. That's for sure. But then again, you're going to get the subsidies from the carriers as well, right? Once yeah. you get on your one, your two-year contracts. I don't know if they have three years still in the States, but you know, we don't here you, in you, Canada. You can get this phone free. You just need a $400 a month data plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's pretty messed up. Yep, so that's my... Uh... That's the first article down. Now, we, if you've listened to the previous episodes and you're a real trooper, if you have, then you know we love two things, renewable energy and water. <laughs> That's actually very true. We can't stop talking about water on this show because water is power and that could not be more literal in how Portland is sourcing hydropower from its drinking water. That's amazing. Now, see, the cool thing about Portland is that, you know, there's lots of mountains and uh, a lot of its water comes downhill through gravity-fed water pipes. And that means water's coming down at a strong velocity. And uh, what do you do when you got water coming at a, at a, uh, at a high velocity? Oh, no way. The most, kidding. the most efficient thing you could do and should do, you put turbines in the pipes. That's amazing. You're kidding me. Really? They have installed 50 feet of so-called lucid pipes, which are averaging 1,100 megawatt hours of electricity every year. That's enough renewable energy just from this, just from this test site to power 150 homes. Wow. Just think, when you That's talk about crazy. the utilities as water and power, you could now be making those two things together. Hmm. That's really cool. So if we burn our garbage and use our um, piss and our shit to help power our homes, <laughs> then we'll be great. We'll be doing all right then, right? And if, oh yeah, and uh, it's been... It says, like, unlike the hydropower systems that are installed in dams, these are using our existing infrastructure, which allows it to avoid uh, fucking with fish and marine life or altering aquatic habitats. And it's not just Portland. It's also been used in uh, places like Riverside, California, and Johannesburg, South Africa. Now, the problem is that, you know, geography determines how useful these in-pipe powers are can be because I guess like regular straight flowing water just isn't enough. I mean, I figured that some, it's not all, but you know, some is still better than nothing, but I guess mm -hmm. it's just not worth the, uh, the installation costs. It's got to be high yield water pressure or nothing. Oh, wait, this isn't going in the sewer system, is it? This is going in the, uh, the clean water system, right? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was going in the sewer system. No, I can just imagine toilet paper just clogging up that, those, uh, those turbines those as well as everything. Yeah. Oh, I'm not even getting get, going to get into everything that people flush. I mean, ju I mean, well, yeah. you, you just think about like hair. So many from dead shower, crocodiles. Or hair from shower drains. Like those those turbines would get tangled up right fucking quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. I didn't think. Of it, yeah. <laughs> and so it's really uh, that's really cool though. Yep. Yeah. See, Portland is a good candidate because it gets its. Uh, the majority of its water from Bull Run Watershed, which sits in the mountains above the city. So gravity pulls those pipes down, 
dispersing it throughout the city. So not every place can get this, but the fact that some places can definitely takes strain off of uh, dependent power. And there's apparently uh, there's some offsetting financial benefits too. While the hydropower project costs about 1.7 million, it's expected to produce 2 million in clean energy over the 20-year contract. So it's a slow payoff, so I can imagine not everyone will get in on it, but you know, sometimes you just gotta do the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing, and this is this is good. And that's only set at our inflation rate now, at our power costs now that power will become more valuable in 20 years. The amount of power that it's generating, that 11 megawatts or whatever is going to be, you know what I mean, like harder to come by in 20 years because in 20 years there's going to be less um, like fossil fuel energy, which is just going to mean less energy in general if we don't get our butts in gear and get more renewable energy stuff going, you know what I mean? (laughs) So it's even smarter than it is on paper you know what i mean like it, you're either way with renewable energy you're, you're always going to pay off well thankfully in the states republicans have signed a bill allowing corporations and industries to dump their ashes and waste back into the water so you know they're they're making new oil so that hmm. that's america for you good forward thinking yeah let's Prepa- get some sludge we'll use that preparing for the future I mean, if 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 there's not making any more oil, you got to make more oil. <laughs> bringing back coal, bringing back oil. I mean, yeah, America, I the land of visionaries. Yep, landed. What's up next? <laughs> okay, well. Uh, you know what, though, actually, real quick, I want to say that that uh, that. Um, the hydropower thing you were just talking about in Portland, it actually reminded me of, uh, and you can actually find these online too, these little um, handheld ones actually. They're little turbines that you can actually put in in small streams and they actually will charge like your cell phone or your laptop or something like that. If you have like a, or a I guess a tablet or like one of the USB-C style laptops, um, you'd be able to charge those from just this tiny little uh, turbine that you can put in the water yourself. And they cost like, I think like 50 bucks or something like that. They're really, really cool. It just re- kind of reminds me of that. Cause if you put that in like every pipe where there's kind of clean water going at a, at a forced rate, pretty much everywhere, like psh, we'd be golden. We got to let our power work for us, not make us work for our power. Exactly, man. <laughs> so, one thing that uh, makes the show possible is that we are able to speak with technology. Our voices are being transferred into electricity and sent to your ears. Now, what if some people have trouble speaking? Well, luckily MIT is working on something. It is a computer system that transcribes words from your brain. Hmm. I'm intrigued. Tell me more. How how does it do that? It's a we- exactly. It's a wearable device and associated computing system. Electrodes in the device pick up neuromuscular signals in the jaw, and are triggered by internal verbalization. So, uh, they're not okay. I did read. So it's I, like I a it's this. a technological version of the Vulcan neck pinch. <laughs> 
Or the what? sorry, the Vulcan mind meld. Vulcan mind meld. <laughs> I was just thinking this device isn't made to knock you the fuck out. <laughs> the mind meld. The mind meld. My bad. My bad. <laughs> well, it uses uh, internal verbalizations, like saying words in your head, but are undetectable to the human eye. So that's the current uh, template that they've got right now. This device uses a uh, bone conduction headphones, which transmit vibrations through the bones of the face to the inner ear. Because they don't obstruct the ear canal, these enable the system to convey information to the user without interrupting conversation or interfering with their auditory experience. So you could listen to music or, I don't know, have a conversation on your phone while you're out in public and not have to worry about, you know, not hearing oh. a car sneaking a car so you up could on be you. asking so like with this thing on your head or on your face you would be able to um say for instance without humiliating yourself in public say hey siri play the spice girls spice world album and not feel like a jackass yeah no one's going to notice that you could say hey siri play aqua aquarius you could say hey google Play, play the awesome entire, music. Play the entire Aqua discography. Oh crap! Now my Google's playing some shit. Shit. <laughs> I gotta go. I'll be right back. Oh shit! <laughs> Hiya, Rich. Want to go for a ride? Jump in. <laughs> uh... I'm a techno boy in a okay, techno I'm back. world. That was, uh, okay, I apologize if I did that to anybody else out there. Did I, did I, did so, I, did I jack your phone? Did it start playing shit because of me? Um, it's definitely started playing it because of one of us, but it wasn't you. <laughs> it can't hear you. It can only hear me. <laughs> You're not coming out of speakers here, buddy. Uh, so... That that's the beauty of voice assisted technology. You can't have a conversation without your phone always listening and thinking, Oh 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 I play your porn now at maximum volume with the headphones out? Okay, 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 sure. Yeah, you're the boss. Yeah, exactly. Pl- opening red tube. <laughs> so is this uh is this ready for market? Are they doing this for consumers? Like how, what what target group is this meant for? It looks like it's still in the uh, the prototype phase. It's only recently been uh, demonstrated this year. Okay. But here's some cool things. Like, in addition to you being able to have a conversation without people, you know, hearing you, hearing you, you could have like a, a nice dirty conversation with somebody while walking on in public, and no one's going to be like, "Why is he tell- like he's not telling me to whip it out, is he?" So, you know, there's that, but there's also, uh, the device is part of a complete silent computing system, which lets users undetectably pose and receive answers to difficult computational problems. In one of the researchers' experiments, subjects use the system to silently report opponents' moves in a chess game and just, sil- and just to silently receive computer-recommended responses. So they can talk to computers as well as each other with these things. Now, the motivation to this was supposed to build an IA device, not an AI device, an IA, which is intelligence augmentation. We've had augmented reality, now we have augmented intelligence. 
Mm, that sounds weird. It says the idea was, <laughs> could we have a computing platform that's more internal, melding human and machine in some way that feels like an internal extension of our own cognition? Because we basically can't live nowadays without our cell phones and our digital devices. But at the moment, that's the truth. At the moment, the use of these devices is very disruptive. Say I want to look at something up that's relevant to a conversation I'm having. I have to find my phone and type in the passcode, open yeah. an app, type in some search keyword, and the whole thing requires that I shift my attention from my conversation and the people I'm with to the phone that's itself. True. So my, Even if you have a smartwatch, you still have to do something like that. Yep. Yeah, so this guy and his students have for a very long time been experimenting with new form factors and new types of experience that enable people to benefit from the knowledge and service of these devices, but in a way that allows them to remain present with their people. Which is also great because if you're having an argument with someone who's telling you that the Moops were the uh, invading African tribe and then you can just ask Google while you're yelling at him, oh, it was the Moors. And then you can basically you can answer, you can render every single plot to a Seinfeld episode pointless with having, without even having to like look at your phone anymore. Now... The idea that internal verbalizations have physical that have, have physical correlates has been around since the 19th century, and this has been seriously investigated in the 1950s. One of the goals of the speed reading movement of the 1960s was to eliminate internal verbalization or subvocalization, as it's known. You know, basically like telling people to read every four or fifth word rather than trying to read each word and like you're reading it in your head saying it in your head to uh to soak it in but speed reading is reading like every four or fifth word and just using your your intuition to make the connections of those words in between hmm. now subvocalization as a computer interface is largely unexplored the researchers first step was to determine which localizations on the face are the sources of the most reliable neuromuscular signals so they conduct experiments in which the subjects were asked to subvocalize the same series of words four times with an array of 16 electrodes at different facial locations. Now the researchers wrote code to analyze this resulting data and found signals from seven particular electrode locations were able to distinguish subvocalized words. In the conference paper, the researchers report a prototype of a wearable silent speech interface which wraps around the back of the neck like a telephone headset and has a tentacle-like curved appendage that touches the face at seven locations on either side. But in current experiments, they're trying to get they're getting comparable results using only four electrodes along the jaw, which means that it could lead to a less obtrusive wearable device. So they're still they're still trying to see how efficient they can get this thing. Now, there's more to it. Once they've selected the electrode locations, the researchers began collecting data on a few computational tasks with limited vocabularies, about 20 words each. One is arithmetic, the other is chess applications. Then for each application, they use a neural network to find correlation between particular neuromuscular signals and particular words. So if they can bypass, you know, having to read your jaw, then people who can't even move their jaw or have one, like Roger Ebert, who lost his jaw due to cancer, or people who have suffered a stroke, if you can just get these signals from the brain and you run it through a computer that is now trained to understand the basics of what those words mean, you could at the very least have a limited vocabulary conversation with somebody who is now mute. So Very similar to how somebody without an 
uh, an arm can control a uh, computer robotic uh, prosthesis, right? With like kind of like the same, like the shadow, or what do they call it? The phantom hand almost, right? Like, because you know your hand is still there. Your muscles are still moving in the same way if you're, you know, training it to do that, right? So it's kind of the same way except for talking instead of moving right and then there's that's medical applications or rehabilitation applications but there's also industry applications and here's where silent communication works say you're working at the air say you're working at the tarmac at an airport you've got jet noise all around you you've got those big ear protection things which are necessary to protect you from the jets wouldn't it be great if you could communicate with people in an environment where you're no, where you weren't normally able to, like say the flight deck of an aircraft carrier or a place with a lot of machinery, like like when I went to, on a tour of the mines in Sudbury, you know how their alerts go if something goes wrong. Hmm. Do you know what they do? No. Well, they can't air a siren down there because all that mining equipment is too loud. They wouldn't be able to hear it, and they're not going to have flashing lights because if you're carrying a drill. Or you're holding a drill that's an action, and all of a sudden the lights go out and your vision gets fucked. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's not so good. <laughs> so, so you know how they get alerts going? They use scented gas. Because everybody can smell. Oh, that's interesting. So you wouldn't have to do that anymore by having the earphones that protect your, by protect your ears from the outside world, but also allow you to communicate with people while also keeping your mouth shut so you don't have to like yell and strip your vocal cords to communicate with anybody and because the runs through your jaw people would only hear your voice instead of you and all the shit going on around you and they'd hear it directly in their ear which so they could still be completely shielded from the noise of the outside world there's lots of places with machinery like power plants printing presses and also consider if you're a, you're a fighter pilot or you're a firefighter, you're already wearing masks, so you could run this in those masks. Because, like, hmm. if you've got, like, people over your shoulder, how are you going to radio to somebody, oh, by the way, uh, the, the stairs have collapsed, I need an exit for the third floor. You've got your arms filled with people. How are you going to grab the radio and, like, squawk in and, and tell them where you are? You've already got a mask on. If you could just communicate with that mask, that would be great. And then also military applications. Think about all those stealth operations that special ops have to do. That's true. Instead of having to throw your hands up to, to let you know like we're going to flank around the side, what if you just simply give out your full detailed plan and and, if, and even if you do get caught and cornered, well, you throw your hands up and it looks like you're saying nothing, you're telling everybody, I've been found, there's three guys with guns on me, there's an opening, there's a window on the east side. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's really cool. So the applications and, uh, for silent communication are amazing. And not only that, but uh, bone conduction um, technology for use with uh, music and just like, you know, like hearing in general, like as far as like um, replacement for having a earphone or something like that, right, is good also for a regular consumer because then you can put it into different things that we use every day to allow yourself to be more open to the world while still being able to, you know, say, make a phone call or listen to a podcast, <laughs> Technobabble, or, 
um, <laughs> you know, like doing any other every other day things. Like, do you remember the um, the bone uh, bone conduction sunglasses that started coming out a little over a year ago? Uh, so you can get these sunglasses. You can get these sunglasses. Uh, there was one company called Zungle, I think it was, um, and they were just basically the be- regular the guys, sunglasses, the behind, and they had the guys behind Farmville. Funville. Farmville. What? No, no, that's that's uh, something else. Yeah, there you go. That's it. I don't. I don't play games, man. Come on, <laughs> not those type of games, anyway. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yeah, they they were they're uh, Bluetooth headset, but they're built into the glasses, so you can be listening to music and biking, and yet you're still going to hear the cars all around you. You're going to be aware of you can what's hear going on. Their bells behind you to let you know they're trying to exactly, pass you exactly. So like for situations like that, or even just for walking down the street, like if you live in a metropolitan metropolitan or metropolis style area <laughs> if, if you're wearing an, if you're living in a neapolitan area with the chocolates the vanillas and the strawberries then exactly oh i love neapolitan i just had a, a bubble waffle for the first time fresh made the other day and it was incredible what oh did you God. say a bubble waffle yes a bubble waffle what the fuck is that? regular style you can also get them filled with uh with stuff it's amazing. You get yourself a nice, fresh, hot bubble waffle and some fresh what's a, um, what's a homemade ice cream. Or waffles? oh yeah, it's so good, dude. So good. Yeah. Either gelato or ice cream in there just starts melting a little bit. Mm, it's delicious. Anyway, bone induction is amazing. It is. <laughs> you know what else is amazing? Li-Fi technology. Have you heard of that? No, I have. I've heard of Wi-Fi, Y-LAN, Y-Max, Y-Me, Y-Now, Y-U. Well, Li-Fi is a visible light communication capable of transmitting data at massive speeds over the visible light spectrum as well as ultraviolet and infrared. So the technology what? is similar to Wi-Fi. The key difference is that Wi-Fi uses radio frequency to transmit data. Using light mm-hmm. to transmit data allows Li-Fi to offer several advantages. Why did my thing scroll away? I wasn't even touching my mouse. It allows Li-Fi to offer several advantages like working across higher bandwidth, working in areas that are susceptible to electromagnetic interference, like aircraft cabins, hospitals, and offering higher transmission speeds. The technology is being actively developed by several organizations across the globe. And they, mm-hmm. and uh, it's not something new. It's They've been working on it for seven years, but they still haven't broken the market with it. Interesting. So what you're saying is this is basically, instead of having a radio signal go from my router to my phone, there's a light on my wall that I have to make sure my phone can see the light or else I don't get the internet. So if I go into another room where I can't see the light anymore, now I can't use Pornhub <laughs> and check, you know, how many times Rachel kissed Ross while I'm taking a dump. <laughs> well, if you have like a light hub, well, the cool thing is that it works off. <laughs> but is that seriously? Is it, it, do you have to, is it line of sight only? No, it can also run off light that's bouncing off walls. Okay, so you, here we go. That's makes it. A- you just have an emitter. You could put that emitter. 
next to a maybe, maybe even in your fucking light bulb, in your ceiling light, and your room is now a hub. And the best part is because it's ultraviolet, you can have that thing running constantly. So even if the lights aren't on, it'll still be drawing power from that socket and giving you light speed in that room. Mm. Now the cool, you know, it's uh, it was first Speeds. thing. What? The uh, the speed of oh, okay, never mind. I'm looking at the original speed of the very first one ever released, and I was like, oh, dude, that's not very fast at all. Like version one. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna be like, you're talking this up for nothing. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, that was then. Oh, yeah, that was running uh, across the physical layer and the media access control layer, and uh, like the the third the five three now is used for many emissions and it can deliver rates from twelve megs to ninety six megs, which is pretty. That's pretty good. That's almost. Ethernet. I mean, it's not like it's not like blazing fast though. I mean, like you can get twenty five, you know. 50 even 100 megabytes down just from um cable or fiber but this can get to areas where you might not necessarily be able to have those as well probably right so it offers that yeah it's been uh, recently developed at several uh places like the russian company stins coleman announced the development of a Li-Fi local network called Beamcaster, and that transfers data at 1.5 gigabytes a second. Oh, damn. There you go. And in 2014, a new record was established by SciSoft, a Mexican company that was able to transfer data at speeds of 10 gigabytes a second across a light spectrum, which was emitted by LED lamps. 10 gigs a second that's pretty good through well i mean like it's very similar to fiber right because fiber optics is just that's light as well right yep, so it's but you don't gonna have be fucking, pretty similar you don't have that freaking cable in the way so you know that's l- true less knots and tangles if you but need to move shit around less stuff being who's anchored. to say now that um you know um johnny mchacker isn't going to go in there with some sort of clear magnifying glass that can read the light going through it and copy all of the data that goes through it and just put it in between there right like then if you're leaving it completely open like that then can your data be read as like as easily as it's seen you know what i mean or is the receiver and like is the sender and the receiver only the only two possible. What I'm able to, to find read out, it, you know what I mean. What I'm able to find by it is that, uh, you know, since light cannot penetrate through walls and doors, this means that it makes it more secure and easier to connect to. It makes it easier to control who connects to a network, and as long as transparent materials like windows are covered, <laughs> access to a Li-Fi channel is limited to devices inside that room. Which, uh, mm. you know, since everybody that uses the internet is a basement-dwelling, dark, tr- dark, cowering shut-in who hates the sun, I don't see this being a problem. Uh, I th- I think it's pretty cool, but I mean, like, Now that we've completely take... insulted our fan base, we'd like to uh, congratulate the two trolls yeah. who stayed behind. I just... They've tried to... 
to do this sort of thing before. And you've even mentioned it on, on previous episodes, I, I think with like infrared uh, power and stuff like that. Right. Um, to like charge your phone, you know what I mean? So like, I don't know, man, like all of it, it just seems like we're still, it's still too early for this type of technology to really like this, this is still way too early. It's still, um, it's just too new, you know, like we're barely scratching the surface of what we're, what we're able to do. And just because of that, it's never going to be a consumer product. You know what I mean? Like something like this. This is just going to inspire somebody else to tweak this even more to make it that much better. Well, exactly. It's been around for seven years, which means that it, uh, you know, people are still trying to figure out what to do with it. But the fact that they're still trying after seven years proves that there's, it's not perfect yet, but there's so much to gain from it that it's worth not giving up on it. Like Pure Li-Fi is a technology based is a technology company based in Edinburgh, and they introduced the world Edinburgh. Edinburgh. It's pronounced Edinburgh. 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 They introduced the world's first Li-Fi dongle at the Mobile World Congress in 2016, and they've and they've collaborated with the French company Lucibel to launch the world's first integrated luminaire. Integrated luminaire. Not in Edinburgh. Not integrated integrated (laughs) (laughs) and uh, there's other companies like Lightpoint known for point to point gigabyte ethernet free space optics and hybrid optical radio bridges and they're they're developing this technology through Firefly wireless networks I love Firefly Uh, bless you Joss Whedon you can't take the sky from me now, VLNCom is a U.S.-based company that has developed Li-Fi products and introduced Lumin- Luminex, which is the world's first Ooh. Li-Fi lighting panel at CES 2018, which provides Ooh. high-speed Li-Fi connectivity for an area size of more than 500 square feet, or 50 square meters. Their Li-Fi USB adapter, the Lumistec 2, is used to connect electronic devices to Li-Fi networks. So it's already in operation in several places. So it's a, but now you've eliminated the fact that you didn't need a cord because now you have a cord again. But, <laughs> no, you have a USB stick. Yeah, which is hooked up through a cord or uh, it's, it's plugged into the jack. side of your laptop. <laughs> well, no, because if it's hooked up to your cell phone, then you're using a USB OTG cable. <laughs> well, you can make it, you can eventually make one with it integrated in. Integrated? And uh, <laughs> Firefly Li-Fi is a San Diego Li-Fi manufacturer, and they hold patents in the automotive and transportation sector. So if you can get light-based communication between components of your car, that uh, that would be pretty cool. Or imagine using Li-Fi so that you could actually make cars communicate with each other. Now, what would be really interesting, yes. So if they could do, depending on how expensive these Li-Fi... Um, projectors uh are you could put them on say the um lights along a highway so that each car that's on the highway can now be interconnected to the highway itself you throw that in with and then through cars, that boom. to each other exactly you get cars that are it's a better up. way to communicate you get cars that are or at each the... other also 
if yep. yeah, with pre-programmed uh, commands, you can also get cars to uh, you know merge more seamlessly instead of having some asshole yep. use his best judgment to to boost in front of you. At the very least, you can stream Spotify and Pandora. <laughs> and you just be like, I like so. the way that guy's weaving his car. He must be listening to some good music. No, actually, I'm having a heart attack. No, but I mean, like, even if, like, they were just, like, right at the beginning, you know that's going to be, like, the first feature is just, like, having internet in all cars. So to be, like, having free Wi-Fi at Starbucks, except, hey, use use uh, the city highway and you get free internet and give us your data and then we'll sell it to Google. And they'll sell it to Facebook. And, uh, and Facebook's going to sell it to China. In Dubai, they're using LED street lighting for communication infrastructure. Now imagine that if you could find a way to run your your you use your street lights to run cable and you just put these connectors on people's houses that's one less set of cables that are being run through people's houses and those those same cables can also be used for internet so you know street lights and okay. power lines could create wireless internet throughout the city wireless internet and wireless power because they could do power technically through some of these uh, optics as well, right? Yeah, I think they're working That'd on wireless. I think they're working on not wireless, not wireless power. Not Wi-Li, but just like different. Exactly. So if you had the wireless power transmission and the Wi-Li as well, then you no longer have to dig under the ground and and you know bear with the expense everything that that brings is digging everything up and putting wires underneath the ground and maintaining them and upgrading them and whatever. You not you don't have to do that, and you don't have to suspend them above the ground and worry about them being brought down by trees or car accidents or uh, ice storms as we experienced over the past week here in Ottawa. That was fun for you, haha, ha, sucker. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. Like then you've got no wires, right? Because I don't know if you've driven downtown uh, Gatineau Hull recently. Uh, across the river here but uh, they have got a lot of wires overhanging in some of those neighborhoods and it is pretty not so so something like this would help that look a lot better too right like it, it would bring up property value it would it would just help everywhere look nicer without all these stupid wires yeah you why know? don't they just run the wires underground I mean think about it I don't know it's, Le- it's Quebec less, they do everything less weird branches less weather affecting it I mean if there's any power like an earthquake knocks out some lines guess what the streets aren't filled with wires that are snapping electricity back and forth hitting kids animals people exactly i don't know dude it's quebec they do everything backwards they don't do that in ontario either it's freaking backwards you can't turn right on a red like what kind of people are they bunch of savages is what they are (laughs) (laughs) if we did did we have any listeners on quebec I mean, we don't we we don't anymore. But did we? I don't think we do, and that that I have to say that was some bad news. You know what I I think goes along really well with bad news. What would that be? Good news. Ooh, I guess it's time for good news. Good news, everyone. And <laughs> here's my bit of good news: as I love people looking out for people. And uh, in light of Uber, Lyft, and all these other apps where people are relying less on companies and more on each other, well, 
A friend in need is a friend indeed. And if you have urgent need of an EpiPen, there's an app that will have a strain that will ask a stranger to rescue you. Now, that's actually super friggin' cool. Yeah. And uh, it's begun in Israel, where researchers have teamed up with Magan David Adam, MDA, Israel's Emergency Medical Service, to create an app that will provide immediate help to patients having an acute allergic reaction. Now, this app is the first patient-centric social network of its kind for the delivery of emergency medication. Millions of severe allergy sufferers are at high risk of going into anaphylactic shock, a serious allergic reaction which can cause death within minutes. And, you know, not everyone can be minutes away from an ambulance. And some patients don't carry or forget to carry their medication with them. And in the case of sudden anaphylactic shock, these patients are completely dependent on the timely arrival of emergency services. So to address this problem, Professor David Schwartz and doctoral students Michael Kamli, Michael Kalemski, and Mikhail Gaziel Yablowitz from the School of Business Administration at Bar Ilan University worked with MDA's team to create the Epimata app. Launched recently, it already has hundreds of registered users in Israel. Using proximity-based algorithms like those for use from ride-sharing firms like Uber and Get, which connect users via their smartphones to the nearest available taxi, MDA uses the app to dispatch a registered allergy patient to help another patient in immediate need of an EpiPen. In Israel, there's approximately 20,000 people with epinephrine auto-injector prescriptions, and this number is rising which means the number, the potential of leveraging patients carrying the same medication to respond in emergencies is enormous, turning regular people who are signing up for this app to care are now part of the emergency medical response. They can be a first responder and save a life with what they have on them. I feel like if this was brought to um, America, though, this would just be like tons of lawsuits. Like people would find ways to sue each other um, like they would, people would freak out and say stupid things like, you know, doing this causes autism or, you know, something like that gives you AIDS or whatever, you know, like they would find some reason to get all up to, you know, like, oh no, if you use, uh, you know, EpiPen Uber, then, you know, you're trying to take my guns. Yeah. You're trying to, you're, if you're trying to give me like <laughs> epinephrine auto injector B, instead of epinephrine auto injector Z, then that's like a slightly that different too, dosage. Yeah. And if I get headaches afterwards, then that's your fucking fault. Exactly. And I'm going to see you. Yeah. Or, you know, America, the land of capitalism, the guy will be like, I'll give you my EpiPen for $450. You can, yeah, you, you exactly. Can pay, there would be pay, a charge on you it. You can PayPal me right here. <laughs> You imagine, oh my God, there's now a the surge in EpiPens right now. The, the hospital's you have to pay charge, a three times surge fee. The hospital's going to charge you $700. <laughs> so for only $400, you can use my fee. You can use my pen. Oh, but wait, we get free uh, We get free healthcare. So would this be covered under our free healthcare? I imagine. So I, I'd imagine in Canada, if they ran, <laughs> if they'd show up, you could be like, hey, I just gave him my EpiPen, eh? And they'd be like, oh, that means you don't have one. Okay, here you go. And then you get your you get your dose back from the uh, from the paramedics when they get there. That would be uh, maybe I don't know, <laughs> but that's that's definitely interesting. But it it also um, it seems like it could be concerning as well too, though, right? Because I mean anybody can join this. 
you know, like maybe they come and they save you, maybe they don't. Like there's there are concerns. Or there's some asshole that's uh, with, like signed up for the app so he can inject you with bleach because he's a psycho fucking serial killer. Yeah, or maybe they steal from you while they're saving you, or they try and blackmail you because they saved you, or they take your phone. I don't know. Like you're there could be. There's all sorts of things. They, unlo- you they know unlock. They I mean? unlock your phone. So while this, you're seizing for this you to work, move. this app has to be running in the background at all times. Right? Yeah, and I imagine it can't be too complicated because you have to be able to activate it while you're having a seizure. Well, yes, that's not what I meant. I was thinking more just for the, the person who has, like, just for if you're not the person who's having the seizure, if you're just a person carrying it around in your pocket at all times, It would be really right? sapping your data as well as your power. It would be sapping your data, your power, and it would be tracking your every single step everywhere you went to know where you are in conjunction with somebody else. And then... You know they're probably selling that data. It already is. We're just finally putting that evil to good use. Mm, Are we putting that evil to good use, or are we putting that evil to good use to get evil rich to make more evil? Well, you don't don't pay to use your GPS, so I don't see how they're getting... Oh, they're probably getting money from someone, but it's not from me, so... (laughs) I'm just going all Jesse Ventura on you, man. It's the lizard people. It's the lizard people. What if I told you the Illuminati were responsible for everything from those (laughs) sword joints you get in the morning to that weird whistling sound you hear at night? (laughs) Pretty much, eh? Oh, my God. He's the best. I love Jesse Ventura. I'm about to lay the truth down on you, brother. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, once you get this, the awareness is going to hit you in the back of the head like a fucking folding chair. I'm serious, man. (laughs) That's pretty good. All right. Well, uh, how about something a little different? Uh, I decided this week that instead of uh, bringing, you know, a few news items or whatever happened to catch my eye to the table, I was going to... uh, do something just a little different and I have something to consider. So Mike was talking earlier about this new red phone that has a, how, how big was the battery in that phone? A, uh, I think it said like 4,600 USB. 4,600. Okay. How, and your, yours was around 3,000. Mine's around 3,000. So the uh, average phone is probably around 2,500, 2,800, yeah, 3,000 4, 4, nowadays, right? Yeah, 4,500 4, milliamp hours. Exactly. So a little bit more than ours. How long does your battery last you uh, on an average day? Does it make it through an entire from when you wake up to when you go to bed without touching a charger? It can, but it is it, it is sucking. Pretty rare. It, it is yeah, it like, is pretty rare. Like my phone right now is at 23%. Yeah, I'm at 41 right now, and I've plugged in a few times today. <laughs> so um, it's safe to say that even with you know the bigger batteries, uh, we still drain them so quickly, and that's partly because of uh, you know obviously these big, amazing, beautiful screens we have on our phones, and also the more things we do with them, you know, hardcore gaming or whatever. Uh, the more the battery's going to drain. But the solution to that could just be as easy as making the battery bigger. Well, yeah, you may get, you know, a 4,600 milliamp hour battery in your uh, red hydrogen one phone. But that, again, also has this 4V display. So your battery probably isn't going to last you much longer. But if you go with something like the Chinese made 
uh, Ulephone or Ulephone. I'm not really sure how to say this. Uh, Ulephone Power 5, which is actually going to be released this month for uh, online purchase. And it actually has a battery that's, get this mic, four, about three to four times bigger than the average phone. It's got a 13,000 milliamp hour battery. Wow. So this is a phone that, that is actually a, lasts the day with, with good usage. Exactly. This is a phone that can last about as long as your laptop, <laughs> probably longer. Because the battery is about the same size. Um, this is absolutely insane. Uh, they say even with extremely heavy use, the phone can last approximately 48 hours. Of course, they're also including that 48 hours to be, you know, probably 16 hours or 10 hours of, uh, of sleeping time where you're not really using the phone very much. But still, like, that's insane. With heavy use, even my phone with a huge battery didn't get... I, I don't get a full day out of it. So to get two days would be insane. And not only that, but the thing, this phone actually seems to be a pretty good deal. Now, I'm going to save the price for the end. And we all know that Chinese uh, manufactured smartphones are usually um, on the cheaper side, uh, not necessarily cheaper make because a lot of them are much better these days, but like, you know, on the more affordable side. But this phone not only has a 13,000 milliamp hour battery, it also has a six inch, 441 pixel per inch, 1080 by 2160 screen, which is actually pretty damn good. It may not be 4K, but that's a little above regular quote unquote HD. So that's pretty damn good. Uh, it's got a MediaTek uh, eight core, two gigahertz processor, which is decent, but it's a MediaTek. So you may run into, um, longer updates if you get any at all but it will be very um, competitive with other mid-range phones right now for sure uh, it comes with 64 gigabytes built-in memory with a micro sd card slot you can expand that up to at least 256 gigs six gigabytes of ram Shit. a fingerprint scanner usb-c no head jack this is one of my favorite features right here, though, an LED notification light. Have you ever had an LED notification light on your phone? Um, not quite sure. Oh, they're amazing. I had one on uh, what my I think my favorite one so far was the Samsung Galaxy Prime uh, or the uh, Samsung Nexus, the Galaxy Nexus that they made. And it had a RGB LED up on the top of the phone and you could go any color and you could actually set the color to whatever you wanted. So if a Facebook alert came up, it could blink blue. If a Twitter alert came up, it could blink yellow. If Instagram comes up, it would blink red and you could set it to whatever you want. So I love LED notification lights. They're amazing. I, I have that on my phone because um, I see like uh, different colored lights on my phone, like green or red sometimes. That is a good possibility. Samsung is a pretty big fan of uh, the notification lights. I know the S5 uh, has one for sure, as that was the last uh, Samsung that I own. Or no, the S6 had one. So you probably do have it, yeah. But this is the killer part here, Mike. So for a phone that has 
all of these features, you now get to the cameras, which of course aren't going to be amazing. They're not going to be the best cameras in the world. Again, we're looking at a mid-range Chinese-made cell phone. However, you're not buying this to get the best of the best. You're buying this to get a great deal. And this thing actually has Sony um, uh, lenses. Sorry, it's got Sony uh, lenses for the cameras and it has four cameras on it. It's got two for the front-facing cameras, which give you an eight megapixel and a five megapixel. And then it's got two in the back, which give you a 21 megapixel and a five megapixel camera. And this is to get that nice bokeh effect, as they say, right? So you're getting that kind of blur in the background. But the fact that it's got that on the front as well is pretty crazy. Now, what do you think with all of those specs, what do you think this should cost? What do you think a phone like that would cost? Uh, well, considering my Galaxy Edge cost almost about $800, I'd say about $800. <laughs> uh, not quite. This is going to be available for between four and $500 uh, this April. And it is one of the many... Um, actually quite good Chinese-made cell phones that are coming out now. Ulephone, or Ulephone, Ule, I, don't, I still don't know how to pronounce it. Ulevu. Um, but they, <laughs> avec moi. <laughs> Ulevu, uh-huh, ain't no they're, uh, they're one of the uh, fastest growing and most well-known um, Chinese cell phone makers along with uh, Huawei and I think it's uh, Doji or Doji. Uh, is another one um, and I've seen a few of them there's a uh, Doji one if you've gone to our Facebook page recently I posted a uh, commercial a Chinese uh, commercial for a phone and it is built like a tank I actually met an Uber driver who had this phone and it weighed a lot it was heavy you could tell it was built it was hardcore but you know what it still wasn't as heavy as this phone I didn't even tell you how heavy this phone is you know why? Because this phone is insanely heavy. You know how heavy this phone is? Uh, Three quarters of a pound. Oh my gosh. This is almost a full pound of phone in your hand holding up to your ears. So you have to really need this extra battery to want to carry this around with you. Although, on the other hand, this will let you charge other devices. What do you think about that, Mike? A phone that's basically a power a phone that's a power bank. It is a power bank. Well, that's fucking amazing. I So now I your want, your phone this. can Yeah, and it's only four to five hundred dollars. Like that's actually a really good deal. You if you actually anyone? go uh me, no. I've got a Google Pixel two XL. Are you insane? I've got the best phone in the world. <laughs> oh really? So you have like a uh, a fourteen hundred milli milliamp hour, fourteen thousand milliamp hour battery? Hey man, it's not about the size. It's about the uh, neutrons and the electron motion in the <laughs> nucleus ocean, <laughs> or something. <laughs> I, I don't need like a power bank phone. I, I'm ha like as long as I am near a, an outlet five times a day, but it I'm good. It is pretty interesting, though, that you can get this for four to five hundred dollars, completely unlocked. You know what? I bet you it probably has two slim so uh, SIM slots, um, 
And to know that, you know, like if you're going to be off the grid or even just like if you're driving in your car a lot and unplugging and plugging in and unplugging and plugging in, like if you're a delivery driver, maybe or something like that, something like this might be useful if your if your screen is on all day and night as well. Right. Like if you're using it for a GPS and getting in and out of your car so you're not getting a good charge all the time uh, or if you're going out on adventures or if you're, I don't know, like um, going to Uganda to like help build schools or something you know this would be good for you there too right so and it's got a side mounted fingerprint scanner that's neat yeah it's a little interesting but uh that's just something to consider a lot of people don't actually think about chinese made cell phones uh they don't think about where to buy them how to buy them there's tons of different sites uh, alibaba obviously being one of the biggest ones and um in case you don't trust it alibaba is basically uh the google of china it's pretty much exactly what they are. They're they're oh, I remember China's Google. You can get great things for cheap if you don't mind waiting three months for it to arrive. Well, yes, exactly, and that is a little bit of a downside. But um, I know a few people who have gotten uh, Chinese-made cell phone now, uh, Chinese branded cell phones as well. Um, not just the clones, because the clones are fun as well, but actual good ones, and they are very very decent. So. Uh, that was one of my two quick things to consider. And the other thing is actually a personal experience of mine. I, like probably many of you, like a, the idea of a smart home. Uh, do you have any smart devices, Mike, in your house? Uh, I have a PlayStation 4. <laughs> I, have a, I have a cell phone. I have a, I, yeah, but you I got Bigsby, don't you? Don't you have Bigsby? Fuck Bigsby. Bigsby, Samsung Bigsby. Don't you have that piece of shit? What the hell is that? It's like the Samsung version of uh, Siri. If it's installed on my S7 Edge, then I maybe I, I, I never tried using <laughs> my phone to do things because I've always worried, like, what would happen if I get a cold or I got something in my throat, like my voice is just raspy one day and... I'm trying to get it to answer something or make a call, and then it would just be—it just wouldn't do anything. It would just be like, "I do not understand." I'm like, "Call Rich." I do not understand. Who is Wedge? You no, know what? That Rich. actually has—that has happened to me, and it actually happens to um, my better half all the time. Um, it's kind of weird. Uh, Google Home seems to understand me much better, but. Uh, back to the point. Um, I I love having smart devices in my home. I've got more than a few Philips Hue lights, both the light bulbs and just the standalone fixtures. Um, I've got uh, a Wemo plug. I've also got um, a I think it's a Lightron or a Lightro um, plug. Sorry, uh, switch on the wall, a Wi-Fi connected light switch for my uh, my dimmable switch as well and uh bluetooth lock for our front door like we've we've gone we've got a lot of different smart devices but the one that i was most excited to get was a smart home thermostat and um they're not cheap as i'm sure you know mike um however my tip is to look at something like the honeywell t5 the lyric t5 this is actually um it's been out for a little while now 
and it's it's getting on the cheaper side but it gives you all the same controls that something like a nest or an ecobee does so it'll give you geofencing so when you leave the house it'll turn your air conditioning down a little bit or your heat down a little bit so that you're not spending as much and when you come home it'll automatically turn it back or when you're approaching home uh you can set it to you know time away modes vacation mode uh you can do scheduling all sorts of different things whatever basically everything you can do with the nest for the most part except this actually has a touch screen and you can get this for around a hundred dollars which is pretty insane you can control this with google uh, the Google Home, Google Assistant, you can control it with Alexa, you can control it with Siri, and you could probably even control it with Bigsby if you wanted to, although why? I don't know why you would be using Bigsby. But you can control it with pretty much everything for $100. I can just imagine, though, like with, with, with all your connected devices, including your little... Uh your little Google snafu you just had earlier in this episode that if you're trying to jam to music like baby it's cold outside or it's getting hot in here that could fuck up your temperature really quick um, or I'm hot blooded chicken no, and see got a fever of because 103 it needs to say temperature the, to 103 it needs to say because I've had we've been watching TV before for sure and uh, the Google Home because I have it set it I have it set so that uh, every time it hears its um, phrase, I'm not going to say it, but every time it, it hears its phrase, Queen of Hearts. Um, well, sure, uh, it'll. <laughs> That's it'll a little Manchurian candidate it'll... action there for you. Never seen you it. Never, uh, it was a movie so... with Frank Sinatra. He was uh, kidnapped by the communist Chinese to uh, to assassinate a oh. high-ranking official, and his activation was seeing a, a playing card, the Queen of Hearts. I think it was the Queen of Hearts. It was one of them. Nope. Oh, no idea. It's anyway, a good movie. It had Angela um, Lansbury. This, this, uh, this, the, it'll, it'll pipe up every once in a while while we're watching a movie. If somebody says, okay, then, or something like that, that's very close to it, but it never does anything. So, uh, thankfully that hasn't been a problem, but just the idea of having pretty much everything, like being able to go out skating in the winter, say, uh, and know that you're coming home cold and wet and turn up your heat a couple of degrees and have it warm and waiting for you when you get home. Uh, or, you know, it's extra hot out today. I'm going to turn my air conditioning up a little bit and make sure that it's a little cooler when I get home. That's amazing. I'm away on vacation. Did I leave my heat on? And this is only $100. So this is definitely something to consider. Uh, if you're thinking about purchasing a smart home thermostat, it's not the fanciest thing out there, but it does the job and it doesn't look so bad. Actually, it's pretty sleek looking. And for a hundred dollars, what more can you ask? It comes with an app and you can control it via the app or on the thermostat itself with the touchscreen. So I don't know. I think that's pretty amazing. I don't know. If you're jamming down the street with your Spotify and you ask your phone to play 98 degrees songs and. Then you come home, your your home your home is going to be boiling. You yeah, you don't know how this works, Holmes. <laughs> Homie, don't play that. <laughs> I got everything worked out myself. I even when I get home, it's pretty funny. My uh, my Google Home. When I come home and I say, "Okay, mm-hmm," I'm home. It'll say, "Hey, Rish." Glad you made it home safe. I missed you, and it'll turn on the lights for me. 
pretty hilarious. I just wish that you could change the the name of it. I would totally call it Glitch, like in Reboot. <laughs> Not the horrible abomination that's come out recently, though. The original oh, reboot. Fuck, I can't believe what they did with that. Reboot. Have you it's, seen it? I've seen a guy review Reboot. Apparently, like, Bob... Oh, you Bob haven't seen Enzo, me? You haven't seen Bob, it? Enzo, and Dot don't show up for, like, several episodes. Hey, spoilers, 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 spoilers. What, are you actually interested in watching that? The The review on it is no. terrible. No, I would... I would never... I just... I, <laughs> I have a moral... Um, I, I just, I don't like spoilers. I think that, I mean, like you shouldn't be telling, what if somebody else cared about it? I mean, I don't personally, I would never watch something that terrible, but I'm just saying somebody else who's listening might have not have wanted to hear that. And they might be listening. They might've been listening, but they didn't want to hear it. And then, um, well, it, so, it's not a spoiler to uh, say next time it is fucking on- terrible. That's true. It is pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, the second you thought, hey, why don't we make it in the real world and Reboot was a TV show. Uh, the fuck? Yeah, it's pretty sad. And it sucks because oh, like, and, that's our Canadian legacy. And the user. That's a Canadian we, company. That's mainframe, mainframe Entertainment. That was the first of its kind. And shitting, on, and shitting on their own fans with the user who is like this basement-dwelling shitbag. And he's just like, oh, mainframe's online, finally. Like, those cheating guys, now I can finally win. Like, what the fuck? Like, these are your fans. Like, why can't the user be, like, several people and, you know, they don't have to be well, cool, no, but, but can they at least the, be... So, uh, I've seen... I've, I've actually... I'll admit it. I've seen about five episodes of it so far. Have, have out the, of the ten that have been released. Well, of the, the... Since you said spoiler, I guess you haven't... I guess Bob and Dot haven't appeared in those first five I haven't, episodes. I haven't... Okay, again, fuck you. Stop saying that because now I know that they're coming, asshole. Um, but no, they hadn't uh, come so it's, far. Oh, I'm sure I will. It's going to be really bad, I'm sure. But Megabyte has shown up already, and he actually is very similar to how he was uh, in the first one. You mean a, a, a uh, in the original? Yeah, they. I don't know. Like they originally Whatever. showed him looking like that, and then they immediately tool him up. And I'm like, you you already have, like, the, the original Megabyte. Like, he looked cool. Like, leave him. Like, change him if he's going to be up. He's still... He's gonna... He looks fairly similar to that, actually. Like, I'm actually... I was actually um, pretty happy with how that transferred over. The part that, that, that I hate is the fact that it's outside... The outside world, right? And the Guardians, quote-unquote, are these stupid high school kids. It's basically... Uh, it's like Power you know what it VR. is? No, 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 no. It's not VR Troopers. It's not Power Rangers. It's uh, what What was it? Uh, Superhuman Cyber Samurai Super Squad. <laughs> or Super Subhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. The one with um, one of the, oh, what's his name? The, 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 the Lawrence Brothers. Like Teenage Cyber Super Warriors or something? Superhero Cyber Super Squad. Something. I love how we both need to look this up right now. I, I and I'm I'm sure at least one listener is like superhuman. Here we go. Superhuman, superhuman Sam- samurai, samurai squad. Yes. And it starred, bada bing. Where's his name? Team Samurai, portrayed by Matthew Lawrence, and they basically look like almost like Geiger's or um, what's it, Ultraman. 
but they would go into the computer and fight the villain who I believe was actually voiced um, by oh, what's his name wasn't it the guy Tim Curry it's got Tim Curry as the villain so it's actually pretty fun to watch and you know what I would actually watch this over watching uh, reboot the Guardian Code. Why? I mean, so. it was so fucking easy to do a reboot. Here's my reboot, which would have been great. You can even keep the name The Guardian Code. Here's what you would do. Have it be at an actual academy where they're training sprites to become guardians. Who would be attending this academy? How about young Enzo Matrix? He's growing a little older. Bob has decided to send him off to the supercomputer for guardian training. So you're retconning the original? No, it would be a continuation of the original. No, because uh, in season two, episode four of Reboot, uh, they started the new arc with uh, Hexadecimal when her mask came off and Mike the TV tried to help her deal with that pain of having her mask taken off. They actually let out a super virus into um, mainframe that actually ended up basically taking Bob away into... Uh, basically the internet or whatever they call it. The, no, that the, was when they were invaded by the and web then, at, the end of the, uh, at the end of that season. But then Enzo Enzo had to go in the game with the girl and yes, um, yes, uh, no dog, and they had okay, to go away, you, and then he got lost for years. Got, he never back, went to the they academy. They came back fully grown, yes, but when the show ended, or when that season ended and the mainframe got rebooted, there was a backup of Enzo, so there was old Matrix... The one-eyed renegade badass. Oh yes, as well as and there was the young the one, young Enzo, who was looking up to older version of himself and being like, "I want to be a badass like me when I grow up." So yeah. here's and what he you did could have go done. to the academy, didn't you he? You could have the sequel series have oh, that my young, gosh, you're so have right. that young Enzo going to the Guardian Academy at Bob's. Bob gives him a reference. He goes up. He goes to the academy, and while he's Bob gives him a reference. and then he gets torn between mentors. Who does he want to be? Does he want to be more like Bob? Does he want to be more like Matrix? And then learning as he makes friends at the academy, you know, other people, his classmates, he learns to fight viruses in his own way, and he realizes while he, it's cool to have friends like Bob and Matrix, he doesn't have to be either of them because he is awesome being Enzo. Yeah, that could work. And then all you have to do is make sure that all of the sprites look like, uh, like teens guardians. and have a lot of love drama yeah. and then air it on the CW and we're good to go. <laughs> Maybe have like an arrow crossover or something. No, no, no. It's mainframe. <laughs> There's got to be like a Beast Wars crossover. You know what, though? One of my favorite things about the original reboot series was when the games would come down and oh, they would, they had like evil dead uh, they would, and uh, mortal Kombat. yeah they made all oh, the mortal Kombat Rocky one the is the, that, that's the mortal Kombat is the one where he had to go into the uh the series isn't yeah. it that's the one where he got beat and he lost his eye and to they that, had to, to go and become sprites thing. in the game yeah exactly where it looked like it was from like killer instinct oh, or something that whole episode was great from the james bond beginning with like mate with like uh, dot and mouse like rubbing their bodies as they're like fiery silhouettes or uh, oh mouse did you know that they actually had to desexualize dot after the first I think it was the first few episodes yeah they gave her like that mono boob had, so that she wouldn't have cleavage yeah the mono boob yeah exactly I'm so upset with and, that well, they, I like the they dual fixed boob. it 
And uh, and that oh, Firewall has got to be like the best episode because it starts off looking so great, so funny. Looks like it's going to be like another great episode, and it's got a, such an epic beginning. Like you know, like this is where Enzo is like he's he's gaining some ground. He stopped Megabyte in his tracks. Things are going well, and then by the end of that episode, or the one right afterwards, he faces the game. And just when you think like he's finally figuring out this Guardian thing. Like, it's taken a lot, they've lost a lot, but he's finally getting it together. And then you hear, game over. User wins. Yeah. And all you see is destruction and ruin in that sector, and then Dot just fucking losing her mind. That that, yeah, was, that was And it was complete TV. silence, I mean, like, too. Tell me that you weren't tearing up a bit, thinking like, fuck no, not Enzo. The, sy- the system's fucked. Oh, yeah, fucked. for sure. Yeah, it was it was actually really disturbing. That was excellent writing. But that isn't uh, that definitely is not techno babble. That's it for sure. It was made by the computer, so it's tech. It's tech adjacent, and it took place in a computer, so it's tech adjacent. I guess, and it was the world's first three uh, D CGI, fully CGI uh, TV show, and it was Canadian. So booyah! Yeah. Except that that company pretty much only does Barbie movies now. <sighs> They were, and I yeah. bet you those movies are better than the reboot. I don't really know. I haven't seen too many of them. Uh, right then, th- I mean, then I mean, that, any of them. Be, I haven't seen with any that of them. Said they're still already better than Guardian Code. I mean, the fact that you haven't That's seen true. them already makes them better. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! How could you take such? I mean. How hard would it be there just be like continued the series? All the characters we love are just you know developing, and Enzo is becoming a guardian. He's training, and then Megabyte makes his return. But you know Enzo has to face face him with a team of guardians that are also uh, cadets, and oh yeah, you know or fight different viruses, make his own enemies, and gain his own victories, learn his own strategies, become his own man, and realizing that while it's great to have these role models, they are not idols that he has to emulate because he's great as he is fuck i just made a better show and you're great as you are mike thank you rich thank you very much we love you for you ah thank you you're awesome (laughs) all right buddy well i guess that's pretty much it for this week yep we uh tried to cut it down to an hour and uh Utterly fail. Yeah, we well, hopefully you enjoy hearing passionate reboot fan chat. Unless we edit that out, and in which case, well, that's it for this week, Mike. Well, and uh, thank you for listening to our show. We hope to uh, hear from you again in another two weeks. And until then, it is safe for you to turn off your device. Am I supposed to stop?